You are listening to Anamkara, a podcast about the spiritual journey and what makes us human. Anamkara is a soul friend, a person with whom you can share your deepest thoughts, feelings, and dreams with. In this podcast, I will share my journey as well as occasionally have guests from myriad different religions and walks of life. And for a time, we walk together and learn from each other's journey. So come along with us and be an Anamkara, a soul friend. I enjoyed a walk today. It's been snowy and cold, and today was the first warm day after that. The sun's gentle kiss warmed me as a sweet reminder that the cold will not last forever. The robins were out and frolicking like a tender reminder that spring will be coming. And as if in chorus, the trees were also budding and their branches with the promise of leaves to come. It was a wonderful walk with nature as my companion. Hi, this is Pax. And please welcome to Anamkara. Lately, I've been meditating on one of the poems of the Sufi poet, uh, Jaladuddin Rumi. And it says, a lover asked his beloved, do you love yourself more than you love me? The beloved replied, I have died to myself and I live for you. I've disappeared from myself and my attributes. I'm present only in you. I've forgotten all my learnings, but from knowing you, I've become a scholar. I've lost all my strength, but from your power, I am able. And this is the part that really has become my mantra. I love myself. I love you. I love you, I love myself. And in my meditations and in my contemplations and even in my walk today, I'm saying that to nature, to the divine in nature. I love myself, I love you, I love you, I love myself. And for me, that is the essence of my spirituality, my practice. It really is what it's all about. And what I mean by that is I'm a part of nature and I recognize that and that nature is sacred. I may go so far to say nature is divine. Nature is God. Nature is goddess, whatever you want to call it. Nature is sacred. Nature is holy. And therefore I am holy. I too am that part of God. If God is the entire universe, then I'm part of that. And so in recognizing and seeing myself in God and God in myself and seeing myself in nature and nature in myself, it becomes a type of meditation and contemplative practice. Um, Not that I fully realized it because a lot of times I don't feel it, but I state it because I know it's true at the same time. And so that really truly becomes my practice. Today, I interview a very interesting person. His name is Trugo, and Trugo is from Greece. And just a little bit about him. Um, he is an 
a nature-loving pagan artist. He gave up his military and academic career to look for the answer to the question, what is the sound of darkness? What is the sound of mystery? He is a musician. You can find his music on Spotify, for example, on YouTube, you can find videos. And through his music, he's narrating stories from his past and he's pondering life and what it means to live in nature. What does it mean for him to be a pagan, pagan in nature? And his music is done exclusively with traditional Greek folk instruments. And it's his way of honoring his roots and his ancestors. And so I hope you enjoy this discussion and his journey and kind of contemplate what it means maybe for you. What is your journey? What is your story? And so without further ado, here is Trigo. All right, Trigo, thank you so much for being on the show. It is a pleasure to have you. So nice to be chatting with you. And where in the world are you right now? So right now I'm based in Greece, the beautiful island of Corfu. Um, I've traveled around the world. I've lived in four other countries, mainly in the UK. But right now I'm back in my homeland, Greece, where since I realized that I need to connect with my roots in a literal level, I came back and I feel like home here, like I've never been away. Absolutely. What does the name Trago mean? So trago is a play of words with uh, three Greek words that mean, that summarize who I am. It's, um, first of all, you might know it from English, tragedy in Greek, it's tragodia, tragodia, which is a part of my life. You know, my life is a drama, it's a story. I see myself as a hero in a book that I don't know where it's going to go. So this way, things are interesting and always magical. The second word is tragudi, which is the song in Greek, and I'm a musician, so um, this is a part of who I am. If I were to stop everything in my life, one thing would be not stopping music. You know, Before I die, I will release a final album, and then I'll die. So uh, <laughs> music is who I am. And then finally, it's tragos, which is the goat. So the goat is the dark side of me, is my spiritual side. Um, it's uh, the god Pan that is my go-to deity. So I think these three words, Tragodia, Tragudi, and Tragos, is Trago. I love it. I love it. Thank you. So I started following you, actually, I don't know if you would call them memes, but almost pagan inspirational pictures and sayings. And then you would always have a little question in there. And you wouldn't let us just like it. Sometimes you would say, and what do you think? <laughs> what do you, what are your thoughts on this? Um, you describe yourself as a pagan, but what does pagan mean to you? And do you follow like a certain particular path of paganism? That's a big question. And um, <laughs> uh, so since I'm a musician, I would say that I, I dislike the word pagan, uh, just like I describe the word world music to describe anything that is not pop really right, right. Um, so a pagan can be anything that is basically a non-monotheistic abrahamic religion and it's such a big umbrella that it is i think just the word is not enough to describe the rich cultural diversity and what people believe and what they practice all around the world so that's why i think it's a really bad word you know, I, especially I agree. actually 
Yeah. Um, so, yes, I mean, if we have to define who I am, because it's quite difficult, I would say in the core, I'm a Hellenistic pagan. I was born in Greece. I was born a few kilometers away from the biggest temple of uh, Dionysus. Oh, wow. So uh, in my area, we have so many different villages that have different pagan traditions uh, around the world, um, around the, the year. And it was so interesting to experience these things, right? So they came to me, I didn't go to them. Um, so uh, obviously, initially, you don't, you don't know what spirituality is. You don't know what you need to believe in, or you don't even know if you need to believe in anything. So you just follow what your parents do, right? Mm -hmm. And my parents uh, are Orthodox Christian. Um, they did their best to, to teach me, you know, about values and about life, and I love them for that. They were amazing teachers, and I respect them, um, despite the fact that I took a different spiritual path. Um, so it was you know, it's a long story, probably we don't have enough time, you know, in 30, 40 minutes to, to just talk about this, how I ended up to be who I am today. Uh, but essentially, in the core, I'm a Hellenistic pagan. Um, I follow the Greek pantheon, especially uh, Dionysus and Pan. And then I'm brutally eclectic. I'm studying a lot, I'm meeting a lot of people, as you know, and I have a big online community, and that's amazing. Uh, sometimes I meet people in real life as well. Uh, but through these interactions, I've been prompted to, to study um, other traditions as well and other cultures. And I'm pretty sure before I die, I would not even have enough time to scratch the surface. Um, but the more I learn, the more I understand myself and I see myself in other cultures and other gods. And I take elements of these, um, I wouldn't say religions because I don't like the word, that's another conversation as well. Uh, but I take um, elements from these spiritual paths and I add them in mind. So somebody uh, asked me what are you are you uh, you post about all different you know pagan paths like what are you are you um, are you a heathen are you a witch are you a mishmash and i said i'm a mishmash <laughs> at the core hellenic pagan but also you know eclectic with elements from other paths um, again that's a very short answer it's a big conversation man. well yeah i find for me that um it's sometimes I try on titles or labels and then eventually kind of, I don't know if I outgrow them or realize, oh, they're not the best fit. And yeah, sometimes it's just hard to, to describe. I get the- And sometimes, I mean, it's a, it's a spiritual thing. You don't need to describe everything. You just need to feel it, you yeah. know? Personally, um, I'm connected with everybody that is spiritually open, you know? Um, I don't hate anybody from any uh, spiritual path. And as long as I connect with them on a spiritual level, I don't even care what they believe in. Right, right. You, you just feel it. So talk a little bit about your journey in becoming a pagan. So you were raised Orthodox. How did you come to practices? Um, it's through traveling, spiritual and physical. Um, again, when you, when you start your life and later your spiritual life as well, you don't quite know what to believe in. You just uh, try to figure out how things work and what your goals are and who you want to be as a person. And eventually by trying things, by failing, by, um, by meeting other people, getting confused on the way by things that other people tell you, um, you, um, you start you know, understanding a little bit more about yourself. 
um, I, I always use this metaphor. It's initially you're a, a, a huge piece of marble, but then you start carving away, chipping away, you know, one part at a time, who you are not. Um, and eventually you become yourself. Maybe the final sculpture is of yourself is at the end of your life. And I believe I'll keep evolving, but eventually everybody that I've met in my life and everything that they taught me about their path and about um, the, their triggers, you know, on what led them to be who they are and their traditions, their practice, they all shaped me. It's quite weird, you know, it's such a broad answer, but I can't pinpoint like something very specific, you know, like the, the pagan traditions of my area, every year, you know, I would go back home just to experience them. That's a big part of who I am. Um, being born in Greece and being exposed to uh, the Greek pantheon and the whole ancient tradition and, and philosophy, that's another big part. But then realizing as I got American friends, realizing that the whole Native American culture and the modern neo-paganism movement that's growing every day in, in America, these were also, um, you know, influences in me. And then um, I'm working with a lot of people from India and they start talking about Hinduism and I start realizing that this is another whole fascinating world, more influences. Um, one specific story I remember, um, I went with a Christian friend uh, in, in Nepal and we went there just to, to travel, you know, and I was 24 at the time. And uh, we were hosted by uh, some Christian pastors in Nepal. It was a magical experience. There was a Christian wedding with uh, Hindus and Muslims and uh, Christians in Nepal and, and different kinds of people because, you know, these countries is not a specific race there, you know. Uh, and it was so great, you know, to see everybody, you know, loving each other and being there and, and being dressed differently, but still being there on a, on a wedding that is not under their spiritual religion. Uh, and I remember at some point, I think this was the magical moment of this journey. We were at the roof of, of that house, right? And um, there was this, the, the daughter of, of the pastor that was around five years old. She couldn't speak English, obviously. I couldn't speak Nepali. Um, and we're playing, you know, it was, it was real fun. And then at some point we got tired with my friend. We decided to sleep because um, on the roof because there was no, no um, clouds and we could see the stars. So we start talking about, you know, his, uh, his religion and mine. I started asking questions and I was so impressed by how open-minded he was. He was like, yeah, you got a point there. I didn't think about this. And he told me some things I didn't know about Christianity, although I started as a Orthodox Christian. And it was an interesting discussion. I was like, I hope that everybody was like this, you know, we could discuss things. That was a big influence, you know, to not try to fight people, believe different things about you know what you believe and not try to convince somebody that doesn't want to be convinced that they're wrong or what you do is right that was a big revelation for me um, and just to to wrap up that story at the roof in the morning um you know like the sun came out and i could feel my eyes could feel the light and at some point i feel something like walking on me and I thought it was the daughter of the pastor you know we're playing last night and she was there I opened my eyes and it was a baby goat oh. and I think that was the moment where oh. I started kind of believing in magic you know like the power of nature to just soothe your soul 
um so everything that i do even before that but at that point it was the connection was so strong um everything that i do in life i try to to be as try as hard to be connected with nature because i think that's the ultimate truth you know no matter what you do spiritually if you practice if you're doing rituals if you believe in in deities in anything or if you don't uh, everything is fine with me as long as you always remember that you're part of this earth and, and you need to be a part of the rhythm of of mother gaia otherwise otherwise things are not right i don't know that's how i feel things right there with you that's sometimes i play with the terms and kind of consider myself a, a pantheist is like if you're in tune with with nature then you're good everything else is just uh peripherals that you can adapt or not but yeah it's ultimately about that i mean and you and, and you you grow you know things that restrict me or restrict you and how we think or what we can accept in our lives might be things that we scoff about you know later we're like was i that person that i didn't feel this we just don't know what we don't know right so as long as we're open to magic and serendipity and things like that we're we can always be pleasant pleasantly surprised by other people by nature by lessons that are all around us but maybe we're blind to see absolutely so on instagram you talked about your career and how things came to a, a, a halt and even a radical shift um talk a little bit about that i thought that was fascinating to hearing your story yeah um my career was really not conventional um so i started out um as a military in in my country where you have to go through exams after high school and then you enter the um, the school the university of your choice that also matches your grades i was a really good student so i got in a military school and i got trained about you know how to use guns and how to protect um uh, an airport so i couldn't i could even you know go in and and use like you know how to use radars and missiles and things like that um that was not definitely a path that a career path that looked like you know me that i would do for for, for life i know there was some kind of expiry date um but that's that's who I was at that time you know I learned so much about self discipline and that helped me as an artist later because if if you're an artist but you're not self disciplined then you cannot create you're you're a dreamer so you need to contain yourself and I got this from the army also I worked out a lot um I learned about history um I was a leader there you know I was leading a team of seven people my age basically I was the leader of paintball Uh, so all these things they kind of gave me a good starting point and i also had a stable salary so this time this way i could make music without expecting any money so i was experimenting with music then later um i got invited i tried for this actually through exams and everything and i applied multiple times but i got invited to work for nato in belgium in the headquarters of nato at the age of 22 that was that was weird I was really good in English but it's not my you know native tongue native mother mother tongue it I always confuse that right uh you know I mean uh, but uh when when you move abroad and you only have to speak a language that you were not born with and be professional with it and understand everything on the radio and every command and and terminology that was really tough um so eventually i learned a lot of things from these experiences uh, 
being abroad, I could also travel. And having a good salary allowed me to travel around the world and meet new people, and also make more music. They were calling me the artist. So after that, I quit. I quit because I thought that, you know, the cycle of what I could do in this career path was over. So I moved to London to make music, and、uh, it was very serendipitous. Long story, but eventually I got invited to teach. At a university, and then six months later, another one, and I got more offers,、um, and that was great. I was teaching musicians how to、uh, how to live in the complex world of technology and business and what to do,、um, as as I was doing, you know, baby steps. So I was doing and teaching at the same time, but eventually, you know, that you're a teacher. The more you teach, you start doing things and showing others how to do things. But then you might feel the urge to create more yourself, right? You might be teaching others more than you're doing yourself, and I definitely felt that. So,、um, so I kind of quit.、Um, I didn't exactly quit. I just told my supervisor that I'm going on a, on a tour to make music and. Going back to my homeland to discover about local music and get inspired, and I gave him a plan about teaching online.、Um, I was ready to be fired. I knew, you know, Zoom was not a thing back then.、Uh, but surprisingly, he didn't fire me. You know, he just gave me two more classes, and I was leading one as well. I was supervising every other lecturer as well. So it was kind of weird. It worked out well. But then when I came back to London, I realized that, you know, this. Fast pace of life. Yeah, it's like the same thing like New York, Los Angeles, like Tokyo in Asia. It doesn't quite match the rhythms of nature, you know. And and you you always feel when something is just not right in you. You always feel it.、Uh, and I felt that I had to to speed up all the time to match the expectations of others.、Um, I tried to build my own business as well. It just wasn't what it was.、Um, so at some point, I mean, I had a massive failure by launching my own business that didn't work, and、I、had a massive breakup. And this was like a starting point of something here. I moved back to Greece to just take a step back, and since then, I haven't looked back. You know, I slowed down. I connected more with nature, where I also started losing touch of that front. Um, I connected more with my music as well, with my roots. I started studying more about、uh, Greece, and uh, and I, I think I evolved spiritually at that time even more because I gave myself some space. It's very important to allow ourselves to have space. You know, if we are in a rut race and we create value for the society, that's great. You know, that's why what a responsible adult should be doing. But at the same time, we shouldn't forget to be kind to ourselves, to give ourselves space. Also to Mother Nature and the people we love, and、um, to to find out what things we love, you know, and then do more of that. So this way we can we can fill our our souls with the right kind of material. Otherwise, we're just another gear in a really nice system. I really like the the way that the world is built nowadays. Right, things I think things are way better than before. Uh, spiritually,、um, in terms of ethics, in terms of how we organize society, so yeah, I really like it. But if you don't create space for yourself in that system, nobody will hand it to you. So you have to say no to some things, and that's what I did. You know, I said no going back to London. 
I'm still a UK citizen. I can go back anytime. I just don't want to use that that card right now. I just want to stay where I am. So anyway, that's like a long story with the head with the headlines of my life. You know, it's quite condensed, and I'm still 35. You know, so it was. Yeah, I just told you half my life, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, what does your practice look like now, Chago?、Um, it's not really complicated. So, I was never、um, a, a guy with using a lot of tools.、Um, I always go outside and I try to connect with nature and、uh, just, you know, stand still and listen. I think I posted about this、um, probably a few days ago.、Um, you know, going outside and just hearing. Understanding, you know, there is voices.、Uh, the gods are talking to me, and they're teaching me things. Some, some of some of these things are projections of my own thoughts, you know. So they might not be that divine, and I always understand that right now I'm just thinking, you know. There's nobody talking to me, but even that, I think, even that kind of trigger is, you know, part of the divine.、Um, so I always feel complete when I'm outside. When I'm、um, inside a room. Uh, I might do something that you might call a ritual, but it's not really that、uh, fancy. I, I can share it with you.、Um, usually, it involves wine and and some some small idols that I have here. I'm going to show you one. Probably people will not, you know, they cannot hear what I what I show you.、Uh, but I use some some idols、uh, about Dionysus and Pan. I have some rocks here. I have some faces. Um, and you know, just use them to connect better. You know, when I think as a person, when I see something, it always helps me project things,、uh, go to the spiritual realm,、um, versus not having something to see. You know, so I always like having some kind of trigger. The wine obviously helps me listen up because I do a lot of things, and you know, during the day. So I want to make sure I can relax a little bit, just、uh, calm my energy, so I can connect better. But these are the things that I do more or less. You know, I might try different things here and there. Most things just don't stick with me, so I always return to the basics. You know, connecting with nature,、um, slowing down, and then being able to hear. And then I think this is where you know the magic comes, and where I come up with some light bulb moments about things that I do. You know, whether it's creative or spiritual, anything.、Um, and sometimes、um, something that. Uh, my wife and I did yesterday, and it was really great. Sometimes when things are just、uh, you know like too fast, I always think about the old ways, which I think is the best way to live life. And I always you know try to do something、um, that my ancestors would do. So, for example, yesterday、uh, we just listening a new song and then posting and then you know doing some more works.、So、it was a lot. It was very. I had some ideas. You know, while sleeping, so I woke up at four o'clock. I couldn't sleep by five thirty, so I, I stayed awake till eight, doing stuff. Four a.m. to eight p.m. I was doing stuff, and mainly I was、wow. in front of the computer. You know,、um, so it, it, I started having headaches, and、um, it was yeah, it was really tough. I wanted to puke. You know, like something was not right. And my wife knows me, so what we did is we just shut down every electric device. Every electronic device,、um, no lights. We just switch, switch um, like um, um, uh, we had a, a few candles here and there, but like no source of light basically. And we just、um, 
you know, stood there in the couch and we started talking, you know, with uh, with a blanket. And for me, that was a spiritual moment. It might not be a spiritual moment for somebody, but for me, going back to how things were before electricity, just following the the cycle of, of the night and day, just like our ancestors used to do, it felt soothing, calming, like real. And um, it was a reminder to do that more often. Um, it's great to live in a, in a world where everything is connected. You know, we're talking from different parts of the world. I'm eight hours ahead of you and it's the magic of technology. But sometimes it's good to, to disconnect, you know. Um, so this is this was a very spiritual moment and really profound. And I told her, let's do this more often. <laughs> it's... Um, it's a busy world and we need to remind ourselves you know to return back to the basics so just to summarize my practice is not anything fancy anything that helps me connect better with the cycles of the earth and everything natural and what our ancestors would do is is a sort of a spiritual nature it might change later i might be listening to this podcast and be like you fool you didn't know this and that back then you were a baby but right now this is what i do so I have a funny question. In your photos, you often have a furry headdress on. What does that symbolize for you? Um, all right. I, uh, this is a difficult question to answer because I'm exploring this myself. Um, somebody told me this is like pagan drag, <laughs> you know, having, you know, um, it's definitely not cosplay. <laughs> I really like people that do cosplay. Um, you know, they get dressed as somebody else, especially um, you know when they get dressed like, like ancient Greeks. Uh, that's that's always fun. But mine is not cosplay. Uh, it showcases my spiritual side, who I am spiritually, and I try to um, to encapsulate that in a visual way that is also unique for people to recognize. I do believe that everybody's unique. But unfortunately, not every, there is not enough facial characteristics to make everybody look unique, you know, like by looking at them from far away. But I wanted that because as an artist, we, we're challenged to create things that don't exist, right? Things that come from, from our imagination, stories, wrap up lessons or spiritual prompts and takeaways in stories and then just release them and then if that sticks with people and they learn something you want so in order to do that you have to kind of brand yourself but also do it in a way that is representative of, to who you truly are so um although i don't i don't like to use the word spirit animal i, I would say the animal that i mostly connect with is the goat and the wolf i still don't quite know why to give you a short answer, I'm exploring this myself, but I have deep respect for these animals and every animal, obviously. Um, but for these animals, spiritually, I kind of connect. I don't know why. So having the wolf on, on me, it was uh, when I put it on, I can always perform better vocally. You know, I always have better ideas, like a thinking cap for me. Helps <laughs> um, you tap into also, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's you, you kind of transform to a higher version of yourself, you know. Um, Trago with the, with the wolf hoodie and, and, and the makeup on is always the person I want to be. 
you know, every, in everyday life, I don't have makeup on. You know, society wouldn't really deem that correct. So I cannot do that. Otherwise, I would be working, working like this all the time. Um, but whenever I put my trago face on, I always feel connected to who I truly am. Um, I aspire to be that person, you know, and sometimes I kind of envision like what would Trago do in my life so that I can follow that. Now, the makeup, you might notice that it's the forest, basically, you know, it's trees that are on me because I feel some, some people feel connected to the mountains, some people near the sea. Um, I feel great, you know, near water, it's kind of purifying but I mostly feel connected when I talk about nature, it's the forest. I still don't know why. Um, yeah. So uh, whenever, you know, we're filming something or if I'm alone or even at night where I know there's wild animals around, I always feel better. Um, and uh, I tried to put this on me. I'm working with talented people that came up with the exact makeup and I can't thank them enough. Uh, although usually I'm a one person operation, there is a lot of people, filmmakers, makeup artists, photographers, musicians that collaborate with me to make it happen. And uh, yes, I can't thank enough my makeup artist for coming up with that thing. I told her this is what I want to do. and She just created it. And I think it's kind of iconic now. I even created an Instagram filter with it, which I'm going to reactivate now. It was offline for a few months. I didn't even realize it, but um, a lot of people were sending me selfies with, you know, themselves having the makeup on. And you have to let me know when it's back on there. I'll try. Oh that. yeah, well, I definitely. Will. <laughs> uh, but but that's the interesting thing. This also kind of triggered more thoughts that it's not just me that loves the forest or it's not just me that believes that the forest is in me there's so many other people so i thought that the filter is a way to connect with others and, and you know help them project their real feelings on their face so it kind of became like a symbol and um even for, for the story that we're building the the, the pagan the tragal pagan universe that we're building with stories and heroes and characters and a lot of symbolism if you watch the videos we eventually i think i will let the muse guide me where the story is going to go but i have a hint that we're going to go to a place where trago that person with the makeup on is not a single person it's a representation of a lot of people and everybody can be that person everybody can be trago right that's why you don't need to have a beard and, and a wolf hoodie on on you to be Trago. It's the makeup that really makes who you are. So I'll see how this will evolve. It, it's a vision. It's a thing that, as I told you earlier, I will publish an album and then I'll die. So it's a multi-decade kind of project. Uh, I hope people will be on board and it expresses who I am. Long answers. Sorry if, uh, if like you're attending like a TED talk. <laughs> No, no but problem. I'm trying to explain things. I haven't given a lot of interviews. So I'm oh, just trying to be as concise as possible. So, t talking about your creativity, you have you make music. You also create these inspirational photos and sayings. Um, that, that's how I initially came to to know of you. Um, do you take these photos? What what prompted you to kind of create these? So, oh, okay, trying to be concise again. 
um, the long, the short answer is the Instagram algorithm. Um, it's uh, being a small artist is quite difficult to grow if you don't have a big budget, right? And um, the the corporations that create the platforms that we can spread the word, um, they they need to make money, right? So initially, I would start posting a lot of different things, and uh, I would post about my music. I would post quotes, thing like stories and thoughts that I had, um, short videos. And then eventually I realized that the algorithm was pushing a lot of quotes and a lot of short sound bites. I think I have this kind of talent that I can come up with short phrases that encapsulate something way bigger. So when I realized that this was a talent of mine that I had like a natural tendency to do that, and people liked it, I started posting more quotes. You know, more. Um, things that I would either find online, but then improve upon, or add an angle that is about how I see things, or even come up with my own. Usually, I come up with my own, but sometimes I see what's trending, and I try to see how can I improve this or make this sound like me. Um, so the algorithm will start push these things, and I've published so many different things. But I guess people know me for these kind of, you know, short, pithy quotes that. They can relate with, and they share them a lot, and they go viral quite often. So yeah, I think kind of the algorithm tells the creator what they need to do if they want to get organic growth.、Um, but this is not the only thing that I'm posting now that I got a bigger platform. I thought, how can I use it to、um, to showcase to highlight more people? Uh, so I started now showcasing musicians that I admire and also creators in my community, like to give them a platform to share their voice and get more followers and, and share their gift and their creations. And I, I always thought of doing this, but I didn't have a big following. So now that I start growing, I want to do that.、Um, the photos, some of them I do take myself, but I'm not a professional photographer. So I find a lot of photos from.、Um, From websites that have a huge library of photos that you can use, not commercially or commercially, you can use them with attribution or without attribution. Initially, I started at you know、um, writing who took that photo, but then weirdly enough, there's always people with lower vibes that will try to control what you do,、uh, mainly from other spiritual paths that. Message me, you know, a few times saying, "Take the photo down. I don't want to associate my photos with with paganism." And、um, I had a chat with them. You know, I never dismiss people. They always have something to teach you.、Um, but eventually, you know, some of these people will just bring a lot of negative energy. They will they will not change their minds. Although I never took any photo down because it was on a website with photos that. You can use for free, and that's the whole point of me looking, you know, for these photos in the first place.、Um, so eventually, I had to stop, you know, attributing who took the photo. And yeah, that makes yeah, sense. It, it, yeah, it was it was quite bad. I didn't want to do that, but unfortunately, I had to do it. Otherwise, it would bring a lot of negative energy that you can't always handle.
you know, other people's restrictions in their mind or their negative energy in your daily life when you have a lot of things to do and you need to keep some balance. So I chose not to go down that route. So, so yeah, in short, unfortunately, as, as a creator, I wish I could just create anything that I wanted and people that would love to see it would find it naturally. Uh, but it was, I also understand, you know, there's um, platforms seem to make money and they provide you with a huge audience and you're doing a lot of things as a creator to find these people, but they need to make money as well. So they want you to pay. So they push always things that connect with people right away. In order, just one, go one level deeper, in order to make things a little bit more, a, a little more valuable than just a quote that would get a simple like and then people would go on their day. I thought, what can I do to just um, bring more value to people, make them think about something different or even encourage them, give them some positive energy or show them a message that they wouldn't see otherwise. So I started asking questions. Uh, I always start with a question because it makes a lot of people think about it, uh, then respond or read the other people's responses and connect in that way. There's a lot of great friendships that got built because of the comments of, you know, I see a lot of people following each other and that's beautiful. Um, and, and, and sometimes I might share a story, my own perspective, something that happened to me, something that I heard, or even some pure information. I'll go online, research, and then write some bullet points. But I always end with a question, the same like, like earlier or a different question in case somebody read the whole thing and got till the end. So it's kind of like a format that helps me um, do something for the person that has a few moments to just scroll and then like something real quick but think of a message they can remember in a short way so that's the visual itself and always uh, there's something more for people that want to think deeper you know ask themselves a question what will they do what do they believe in why do they do things the way they do and then respond if they want and there's also stories for people to understand somebody else's perspective and maybe enrich their own life or if they disagree tell what why they think that what i said is uh is not right so there's always nice things and it, it's working and i love connecting with people because of that thank you so i have one last question for you what advice would you offer to someone um, who might be interested in a more nature-based or pagan path um, I don't like giving advice, to be honest, uh, but if, let's say, okay, the, the same question could be rephrased as, if you met your younger self, what would you tell your younger self? This way I can talk to yeah. me, but not feel like I'm preaching to somebody because I don't like preaching. Um, I would tell my younger self to um, keep his mind open because there's a lot of pleasant surprises during life. Uh, that you can learn from various unexpected sources. You can be open to serendipity and, and magic. And if you're close-minded, you would just not find that. So I would tell myself, just be open to perspectives, you know, to different uh, triggers that will make you think uh, deeper or evolve as a person. The second thing I would tell myself, my younger self, is to study a lot. Um, I'm devouring books, I have huge libraries, and I buy things um, online as well. And I look for resources, like watch videos and study uh, online articles, and I share some of them. I will build a newsletter now to share some of these resources with people. Um, studying is huge. 
you know so even small silly stories like you know the fables of Aesop from Greece even they can give you huge lessons in life um so yes i would tell myself study a lot and uh i would also tell myself to create um i know a lot not everybody wants to create something but by externalizing what's in your mind it could be in the form of music of dance even if you dance silly uh, or, or if you sing in the shower or if you paint you know if you sketch on your notebook or something if you or even if you journal even that thing is creation for me by externalizing what's in your head you take the whole mess that's in in you and you make it real and sometimes the monsters we have inside of us and the fears we have when we externalize them and we look at them or we give them names they don't look that bad or scary anymore you know so that's like a way of psychoanalysis to help you become friends with yourself uh, i think many artists they have a lot of uh including myself a lot of problems in life that they need to deal with and that's why they create it's like a necessity that's just like a way to feel more sane so this is what i would advise myself and now thinking about this i wouldn't mind telling others to do the same things if they want gosh trago this has been delightful i have enjoyed this conversation just i love hearing people's stories and their experiences and how they approach their spirit and life and how they become infused together. I thank you so much for for being on here. I appreciate it. I want to thank I want to thank you for providing the platform and giving people a voice and reaching out to people that have something uh to share. So thank you. What you're doing is of service for a lot of people that listen and you know even a quote in a single podcast can change somebody's life. Absolutely. And If someone wanted to connect with you either your social media or your music, how would they do that? You can look up Trago Damon or Trago or Trago Music and I'm almost everywhere. I try to be more everywhere uh in the near future, but um you can look up Trago. It's T R A G O E. Damon D A M O N. music music <laughs> all right well thank you again so much and i appreciate it this has been wonderful cheers i, I appreciate you as well cheers best of luck i hope you've enjoyed this episode if you can want to continue listening please consider joining our patreon or visiting us on facebook Until next time. This is Pax. Mm-hmm.